Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. It is game day one. Arsenal have taken three points against a very difficult Crystal Palace team. It's late at night in England. Thank you for tuning in if you're watching live. Um, I'm with Matt Candela because Johnny Cochran seems to have disappeared. We don't know what's going on with him. Man like Matt Candela, welcome to the show. How are you feeling right now? Oh, I'm... Feeling very, very good after that. I really enjoyed the last seven or eight minutes uh, when the wind was in the bag and could actually relax. Before then, I was pacing around, uh, worried that we were going to concede, but we didn't. Uh, we, we we got a splendid win on the board and a difficult game out of the way. And now we can sit back, have a beer, and look Cheers and enjoy the, rest, enjoy the rest of the, the games this weekend. We're top of the league, guys. We are top of the league. We are top of the league. Um, so uh, just because everybody is really interested in the art of branding, Matt, last season we were red and white. This season we got a new logo. There's a design agency called Dear Future, absolutely best in class in New York. Uh, one of the top 25 agencies to watch in New York City. It's your agency. Talk us through this brand design. What's going on? Why are we gold and black? We're gold and black because everyone else is red. And I don't know about you, but I was having one look out into that away end when Saka had just smashed the second. Uh, and everyone in the ground was wearing this black and gold kit. I think Pedro was saying the biggest selling Arsenal kit of all time. Is that right? Arsenal away right. kit. Fastest selling away Arsenal away kit of all time. Of all time. So we thought, you know, in a sea of red, when others zig, why don't we zag, you know? And so, uh, yeah, we are we are black and gold for the forthcoming season. LeGrove's got a new lick of paint. Everything looks like, everything looks cohesive. It feels like we're a proper brand. 
Uh, we're gold and black for the rest of the season. Man like Johnny Cochran. Uh, if, <laughs> if, if, if I was working in a digital agency like I was a few years ago, sometimes we'd say, why is the traffic so high? And we'd do a little bit of research. Uh, and we would come to the conclusion at my agency that the reason the traffic is so high today is because of your appreciation of Bill Saliba, your leadership of the Saliba Ultras through some dark times last year. Everybody's here. They're talking about big Bill Saliba and he's man of the match performance. Johnny Cochran, welcome to the show. You're wearing a beautiful shirt. You're looking very smug. I know you've got some things to say, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Um, <laughs> hello, everyone. Now, listen, I know what people have come for in terms of what they want to be hearing from you know, myself today, and it's what they're scared about, some people, some corners of Arsenal fandom, is that I'm going to come on here onto the pod today and start crowing about, guess what, Big Bill's here, he's a monster, and I told you, you know, and it's going to be a big victory lap, and I told you so performance, and I just want everyone to know that that is absolutely what's going to happen today, okay? You guys better fucking buckle up, because I tell you, this has been a long time in the coming, and now... If there were people, do you remember the tweets that I used to get? My mentions have gone awfully quiet, lads. People were getting at me last time. Why does Johnny always bring Saliba up in every conversation? Oh, look, it's not always about Saliba. Oh, Johnny's got a hard-on for Saliba. Guess what? I think we all have. Okay, because that <laughs> is the fucking mark of a real champion. He's a, he, um, it wasn't, he's not just a guy. I keep trying to get it through to people. He's not just a guy on the street. He is cut from the cloth. He's the real deal. When I talk about generational talent, he is going to spearhead the next generation of Arsenal. And when you turn up at a, game, at a ground like Palace, where they're going to make it physical, and they're going to say, have you got the guts today? You can you can literally file in behind Saliba and think, you know what, just like when Vieira was there, this guy's a monster. He's ready to terrorise people. And I, knew, I was confident going into this game, because even Zahar is a bit tricky, he's a bit strong. I thought, you're not as fast as Saliba. You're not as strong as him. And I tell you what, he's got a better temperament. Let's all get ready. Because I think that people who were dissenters before, people maybe didn't believe Saliba hype. Well, they're all Salibas now. <laughs> Saliba believers. And at the end of the day, you know, it's not a closed door policy. I, I'm only one member of the Saliba Ultras, but we welcome people to our side. Because when you realise that you've wit you're witnessing greatness in motion, then I tell you what, there's room for everyone on this party bus. I love it. I love the welcome. Um, before we get into the show, I am going to uh, just talk about uh, the shirt that I am wearing, because you might be wondering why I'm wearing Nigerian garb today. Uh, this man here, Catch Me TV, uh, he's a, a pro FIFA player. He's from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, we got him tickets to come and see a game. And he said, I said that I liked uh, one of the shirts that he was wearing. So he sent me this. And little little fun fact, the third biggest driver of traffic to legrove.co.uk is Nigeria. So I'm wearing this shirt for you today. I love it. I absolutely If you know me my personal time, I wear this, but it's kind of like I wear it in white and blue and black. Um, but this, I, I feel like an honorary Nigerian today. So um, I'm very excited about that. Uh, Go follow uh, Catch Me TV Live if you love your FIFA videos. He's a top guy. Um, all right, let's take that out. Um, guys, I'm going to go uh, to the hottest of takes. 
And uh, I'm going to put up the, I love the gold branding, Matt. Dear Future has absolutely delivered here. <laughs> this lick of paint is is much needed. People are saying on Twitter, they're saying the branding is so good. Um, it makes us feel professional. So, Matt, because you did the branding, it took a while. It took a while, mate. Um, <laughs> it did, but it looks sick. It it? How good, so good does it look? It looks so good. Literally, as I don't mind putting out there, there will be other podcasters looking at the the visuals that we have going on uh, and looking at it like Patrick Bateman out of American Psycho, just like, look at look at the font that they've used. Look at the wonderful colour on the, the pixel plate that they've used. It's magnet. So we're loving it. Matt has smashed it out of the ground. And um, yeah, we all feel better with a little, a nice new lick of paint. Matt smashed it out of the ground like Thomas Party gearing up for a free kick. It's absolutely beautiful to look at. So Matt, a much-deserved AOP hottest take goes to you. Matt, what's the hottest take? Well, the hottest take was I have never known anticipation like this. the, the warm-up to this, to this game. I think the Athletics said of all 20 Premier League clubs, we were the most optimistic. We have not had a pre-season like this. And then the danger of all of that optimism and ambition and excitement was that we could very, very easily succumb and be brought down to earth if we didn't get the result today. And to be honest, it's been playing on my mind and I tried I tried to temper it. And we were doing the, the before the whistle yesterday, we were doing some podcasts last week. And I did say a couple of times, look, a draw at the end of the day is not a bad result. Did I mean it? Did I fuck? We had to win today to keep the excitement, to keep the momentum, to get everyone on board ahead of our first home game. And we did. So I think the biggest thing was three points on the board. The team came out the traps really, really quickly. But the biggest, the hottest to take is expectations were high, but this team went and met them head on. And I'm so proud of every single one of the players. I'm so proud of Martin Odegaard as captain, getting his first three points as captain. Because there was a lot of pressure. Everyone has been talking about Arsenal. Everyone was waiting for us to slip up and to laugh at Arsenal fans being Arsenal. And yeah, we rode our luck at times. But I think we deserved it. And we are off to the races. And excitement is still 10 out of 10. Love that hot take. Johnny, uh, your hair is looking unbelievable today. Your shirt is looking even better. Like that colour just works so well with you. Uh, and your face is looking so smug. Uh, I can feel it from here. I can feel it out the window. Uh, Johnny, you look like you are ready to blow the roof off the hottest take. Johnny, just just hit us with it. Hit, hit. People have come here today for you. <laughs> you alone. <laughs> Tell us what you think. Um, look, you know, for those that think my face looks mug like yourself, Pedro, I agree with you. <laughs> I'm losing it. I'm not, I'm not here to fuck around anymore. Guys, I think we're all feeling a bit of smugness because do you know what? In recent years, we've had season start where we get accused of having this blind optimism at optimism as Arsenal fans, where we just kind of always believe that, you know, if certain things go our way, we might actually be able to make a run on, oh yeah, Martinelli might, you know, really come on this year and all of this stuff. Well, this year felt different because we were heading into it and we were like, I don't think that we're telling ourselves stories anymore. I think we're just watching and evaluating and making le legitimate claims that, are we actually good? I think we're fucking good here. 
And I tell you what, that is not a fucking easy place to go. Crystal Palace, not an easy place to go at all. When you take out the top four teams, but call it top four, top five or six teams, you know, outside of that, that was probably, like, in terms of going away to their grounds, that game today was probably the hardest next game that you're going to get. West Ham away, quite difficult. Wolves away, we found notoriously quite difficult. But Sellers Park, I mean, big teams, City, Liverpool, always have tough, tough games at Sellers Park. They beat Spurs there. They they are notorious for upsetting, you know, the, the gravy train with the top six. So we've got one of our hardest games out of the way already. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to pretend like there were no scary moments. But ultimately, as I just said, we're playing a very good team. So to have got out of there and been relatively unfazed for huge chunks of it, that didn't look, that was not a smash and grab. We dictated the game. We controlled the game. We've now got teeth up front. Gabriel Jesus, we're going to talk about him at length, I'm sure. I'm really excited by what I've seen. Goodness gracious me. And, I'd, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to bring him up at every juncture of what I you know of, of speeches that I give on this podcast. William Saliba looks the fucking nuts. So that's it. And I like Jamie Carragher starting to wake up. Gary Neville going, oh, that Saliba looks good. Yeah, mate. What do you, what the fuck do you think we've been talking about for a while? Things just changed. When we walk into grounds now, you're going to remember the name Arsenal Football Club. William Saliba. He looks like a tank, and I think he's going to be presiding over a, a, a ferocious new era. Who knows where we can end up this season? But, you know, I, I think that I'm I'm confident that we can achieve the goals of getting back into the top four at the very least. Well, that was spicy. Uh, I'm feeling het up after listening to both of you two. Um, I always have to go last, so you're, you're still the best bits. But my, my, <laughs> my, my, hot, my hottest of take is the preparation meant something. Crystal Palace are not mugs. Um, I, I don't think they've conceded since April um, at home. They lost four games there last season. Matt was saying, or it was Matt or you, Johnny, the, um, that was saying you, you don't want to really go there on a Friday night because it feels a little bit more ferocious. Um, the atmosphere looked absolutely electric. Watching it with my father-in-law, and you know he, he's not a big soccer, uh, football fan, but he was like, wow, it's, uh, it's noisy there. And I was like, yeah, it's, it is noisy. Um, and, uh, you know, there was some debuts. There was a little bit of rustiness in the side, a little bit of nerves early on. But what I loved about it, it like we were, we were cutting through Crystal Palace like butter. And it didn't matter what minute of the game we were in. There, was, there wasn't the panic that we've had the last two seasons. Everybody in that starting 11 was a technician. Everybody looked comfortable in possession. Everybody was brave. Um, we matched them physically. Gabby Jesus uh, occupying defenders. We haven't had a striker occupying defenders since we introduced Eddie Nketiah. Um, so, uh, and, and here's the great news for me. It doesn't get much harder than that until the Man United game, in my opinion. Crystal Palace is the most difficult game that we're going to play until we deal with um, Man United. Uh, I think it's like the second from last game before the international break. And I, I, I would have taken a point, but I didn't want to come on here and talk about a point. That was with Matt. You know, like you, in the grand scheme of things, a lot of teams are going to go there and lose this season because they're a brilliant team. They've got a lot of individual talent. Um, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to leave with a point. I wanted to start with with three. We're we're top of the league, and all of the things that we've done in the summer, 
makes sense now. You know, like we, that was brilliant football at times. You know, you're always going to suffer against Crystal Palace, but we've escaped. We've got a clean sheet. Our goalkeeper looks like he's found some form. Our defense looked brilliant across the board. Ben White did a great job. The midfield was, Jacker and Thomas Party were great. Martin Erdegaard didn't have the best game. The front three all did their bit today. So uh, I'm happy. The optimism and the hope that we've got, it's real. It's real. Um, so, Let's get into let's get into the next section. Uh, I wanted to. <laughs> there were two things I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about. Uh, I wanted to do something called Bill Saliba Watch, and I wanted to do Man of the Match Award. Uh, but it kind of it, it turns out the uh, <laughs> Man, Man of the Match and uh, and Bill Saliba Watch kind of come into their own. So uh, William Saliba took the number twelve shirt. A professional debut in the Premier League. Uh, first for clearances, five. Possession one, seven times. Successful long passes, second in the team. He had an exceptional game. He looked like he'd been playing there for 10 years. Um, Bill Saliba, the real deal. Johnny, uh, listen, you've already spoken about Bill Saliba 15 times already, but we're just going to go straight back to you. Um, Am I correct in putting the man of the match award Bill Saliba's way? Because Ben White had a pretty good game considering he's playing out of position. Um, but everybody in the comments is saying Bill Saliba. Like, talk to us about that performance. What did you like? Um, were there any weaknesses in his game? Uh, how much do I have to pay to join the Saliba Ultras? Um, most people are welcome. You're not, unfortunately, because you're uh, an outspoken <laughs> critic of the Saliba Ultras. And listen, we are very we- a very welcoming clan, but we have fucking long memories. And the way you were a dissenter back in the day, you know, you stay out yeah. there. Stay out in the All cold right. for the time being. I deserve it. I'll take it. I'll take my L <laughs> and I'll eat it. I'll eat it. I'll choke on it, but I deserve it and I love it. There's nothing yeah. better than taking an L on a young player that comes good. Absolutely. It literally in the Saliba shack, your photo is there going, do not let him in. Right. The simple facts are anyone who's saying that Saliba wasn't man of the match wasn't watching the game. The guy's a piss taker. He's coming in at piss taker levels straight away. And the fact is, 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 it's not an easy game. We've seen, look, guys, I know I'm going to bring up some PTSD for us gooners right now, but just think about some of the defenders that we've had in recent times. Mustafi, Socrates, you know, even as good as I, I liked him, you know, through major chunks of Arsenal, but the likes of Mertesacker in different ways when he would get done with pace and you just sit there on edge all the time. Like you've got defenders who are like so vulnerable in certain situations. And I don't think we've had a defender who has been at the heart of the defence where you're like, I back my guy over yours. <laughs> That's where we're at now. It's like, oh, you've got a six striker. I'm taking my dude. Literally. I don't want to even start talking. Harry Kane, Haaland, all of these guys, I want him to go up against... I want him up against Saliba this year because I actually think Saliba is going to not mess around. We've seen him against Mbappe. What the fuck is going on? He's a serious, serious unit. (laughs) He looks... Of course, there are a couple of times where I think he sprayed an error in the pass, but when you look when there was panic at the defence, this guy's 21. He shouldn't be the cool, calming character in the team, let alone the fucking defence. But literally, he doesn't look flustered. Because at any all of those flustered moments, when you've got, you know, Mustafi on ice skates and, and the gang doing all sorts of Benny Hill stuff in, in previous years, Saliba's there just going, I back my pace. I back my strength. Oh, you're going inside. I'm agile as well. I'm a freak and I'm about to just dominate you. And that's what he's up to doing. And I think that, you know, 
it's calming. It's remarkable how Arsenal fans have taken to him. The thing is, I said it back in the day, real, real recognise real. I knew what I was watching. That's why I put my name on it. And, you know, the here comes the glory. Let's go, Saliba Ultras. It's time to bask. But the fact, the fact is, is that when you look at a guy who can be so cool, calm and composed in these situations, not everyone has it. That's why I know it's there. He has it. And I think that not only it was he man of the match today, but I think there's going to be a barrel barrel load of more coming down further down ugh, coming further down the line. Man like Matt Candela, uh, Johnny Cochran claims to be a fan of William Saliba, yet says that William Saliba made errant passes. The guy had ninety four percent pass completion. I think that that's overly critical, Johnny. Uh, and I just wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have gone there. <laughs> Like I, he's been in the door five minutes and you already don't like him. A I'm talking unfair. about I'm talking about the nitpickers. There was one literally. <laughs> he's clipped a ball about fifty yards into the corner. You know, if that's going to be your your errand pass, I'm fine with it. You know, I mean, outside of that, you're just a monster. And I mean, there there really aren't many more superlatives I can send his way. The guy's the real deal. Let's go, Matt Candela. Ninety four percent pass completion today. You just shouldn't be able to do that against Crystal Palace in your first game. They normally monster us with the press. Um, you were saying in the green room earlier that uh, that you've always been a Saliba Ultra. The, do the documents don't say so, mate. They don't say so. So uh, we'll take your penance now. Um, what's your what's your hottest take on uh, on Bill Saliba? Was he man of the match? Uh, didn't know about man of the match because I think there are a few a few candidates, but certainly he didn't put a foot wrong. And I think we've all been watching him play for Marseille, and the big question has been, yeah, but you know, is that a farmers league? Yeah, I know he did well against Mbappe in that one clip that got cut out, but Premier League is a different kettle of fish. It's so aggressive, it's so intense. Really, really good defenders come and will in the pressure of the Premier League. It's just it's just a reality of what it's like. It's, you know, I, I couldn't sit down for the last 20. I was so nervous. It was, it was a lot of very big, very fast players coming right at the Arsenal defence. And he really passed it with flying colours because we saw him do it in pre-season and it was still the same doubt. Yeah, no, he looks great for Arsenal, but it's still pre-season. Like, yeah. can he do it when it actually starts? Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's fine. But what about away? What about away from home? What about away from home on a Friday night? What about away from home on a Friday night against a team like Crystal Palace, who only lost four times all season, against a really physical team? Well, he passed every single test that was put in front of him. I can't believe. I can't believe he's ours. I can't believe he's 21 years old. Uh, he's not budging from the back four it's who's going to partner him not. at the back it's good. Right. It's, it's who's going to partner but what what a joy to finally have that level of assurance he's so calm and you know i think a lot of people talk about intelligent footballers but sometimes i feel like the last thing you want from your defender is someone who thinks too much and he comes across as a player who is unflappable. His mind is not going 200 miles an hour. He's from the Tony Adams mold, the Sol Campbell mold, the sort of the John Terry mold in a way. You know, they just get on and they just 
do it. I know no one wants to hear that comparison. <laughs> no, but but he is. He's just he's just the real deal. And now my biggest concern is getting him signed up to that contract because everyone is going to be looking at him and thinking, how can we get him in our team? So I am. I'm just so happy that finally we've got him. And I thought that sliding tackle, oh, Whoa. where he came in. He's so fast. He's so aggressive. He's so calm. I mean, if you were gonna if you were gonna create a centre half, you're gonna fantasize about a centre half. I think it would look a bit like Bill Saliva, right? Yeah. The guy's the guy's been made in FIFA creator mode. Let's be honest. That's what they look like, the freaks. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm just gonna draw you up a six foot four centre back who's as quick as Mbappe and deals with skill very well and is just a general nutter. All oh, right, okay, cool. I'm not playing against you then because I just want normal players. You know, that's what we're dealing with. And Pete, I know you're going to come back overall in general, but I know that Matt brought it up and there's a lot of people in the comments. I'm not worried about the the Saliba contract situation because what I've said all the way through and and what my overall thing with Saliba was, is he just, everyone kept going, he's just a young player. (laughs) You know, you don't need to gift the world at his feet. And I understand what people are saying, but when you know, you know, and he could end up being a, you know, stalwart of our defence for the next 10 years. And so all I think that he needs at a young age, because he actually likes the club, he supported us from young as well, he's followed us, there is that connection. If we give him opportunity to play and show how good he is, I think he stays at minimum for another long-length contract, one contract at least. Um, but at, the, at this stage of his career, he simply is too good not to be playing football matches. And I don't think that anyone at Arsenal now is blind to that fact. And, and as Matt says, I think he's our number one centre-half already. 21, let's go. Yeah. Uh, listen, fantastic performance. Absolutely blew it out of the park today. I, I think... Um, when you compare him to John Terry's way of thinking, I was th- John Terry didn't have a lot going on in his head, full stop. I feel like um, the players that have that calmness now, you know, you, you are really talking about a Virgil van Dijk level type player who's got it all. Because it, there's um, John Terry was good at being a great defender, but like li- limited moving the ball through midfield because it, it wasn't an era that required that. But I, I just love the calmness of the way that he moved the ball around. I think it was about 65 to 70 minutes we were under a little bit of pressure. And there was a lovely bit of interplay between him and Thomas Partey. But just like calmness, the composure, like you you feel calm watching him do that. You know, Aaron Ramsey, Aaron Ramsdale, uh, I love watching him move the ball around. But you've always got your heart in your mouth because he's, he's very risky. Uh, Saliba, you know, we, we've watched him all through preseason. And... He is, it's weird to say, he is risk averse, but dangerous at the same time, you know, because he picks his passes and he picks his moment and, and, and he's accurate. So I, I was um, I was really impressed with him. I, I think it's questionable whether he was man of the match because I think there were some really good performances out there. But as far as I'm concerned, he keeps his place in the next game. He's going to get loads of minutes this season. I think he will sign a new deal with Arsenal. I don't think there's a, a club more suited to his game in the Premier League. I don't think there's a club that's going to guarantee him minutes in the same way that Arsenal will. And I do think the thing worth noting is uh, Todd Bowley, uh, the, you know, the new owner of Chelsea, throwing £70 million uh, Wesley Fofana today could go up to £80 million 
that's that's what Arsenal have got in the centre of their defence. So I think the chat that we had in the summer where it was like getting William Saliba is a steal this summer. And and it's, it's difficult to say Arsenal didn't know that they had a big talent on the hand. And I do think that there's a lot of excitement around what William Saliba has been about today. Um, but four and a half thousand minutes at Marseille, you have to give credit to Ben Napper for getting him a good loan under a really good coach. And you have to give credit to William Saliba for having the mental fortitude to be rejected at Arsenal, to go away on loan. And listen, he had the best loan in Arsenal history. And he's come back into the team and he looks ready now. He's more like he'll be more robust fitness wise. Um, he's slotted into the team really well. Like he's tactically, um, he's tactically intelligent because uh, Sam Pauli at Marseille is a lunatic uh, for, from a tactical perspective. So I think we've got a complete defender there. And we shouldn't look at it as who's coming back into the side when, who's going to play every single game. This is 2022. You don't play every single game. William Saliba is not going to play every single game. But I feel like it's not an exaggeration to say now that we have centre-back options that are just a little bit below what Liverpool and City have now. I I, I think, and, and we've got a younger group of defenders than City and Liverpool. You imagine where these where the, this group of defenders is going to be next year. It's, I think it's, there's it's, one, I think there's one th- one other thing to add, which was think about how many people were saying he can't defend a cross. That was the big criticism, right? Oh, we've got to put him away because. He can't deal with balls in. Well, I don't know. I, the game I watched, <laughs> there was like the Alamo at times, the amount of balls that were coming in, especially from that right-hand side. And most of them were landing on squarely on his forehead. Some of his headers were absolutely huge. So you talk about the cultured centre-half, you talk about the strength, you talk about the pace. Yeah. Complete and utter aerial dominance. Complete and utter. He's not just a guy, Matt. He's not just a guy. This is it. He's the he's the guy. That's it. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to move on because we uh, we dragged in the podcast that we did yesterday, and we went on for ninety minutes. And I know that Johnny, it's quite late. Um, your end. I don't know. Oh, mate, I'm just getting in. started. It's a good day. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I like. I think. I think is. Um, let's go. Let, let's go next to uh, Gabby Jesus. Let's go up from. Uh, Gabby Jesus got a bit of criticism from Johnny and Matt for being short. It was outrageous. I said at the time, this is yeah. absolutely unacceptable. It's all about the sh- it's all about the short king this summer. Um, the guys coming to the team had an excellent preseason. Didn't score today, um, but Matt, I just wanted to go to you on this. Uh, did we finally find out that having a slow striker that can't outrun a wasp? was detrimental to the way we're playing this season. And did you see enough today to feel like we've got a bit of a solve up front? How did you feel about the performance? We have a solve. Uh, He was electric, especially first 25 minutes where I thought he was unplayable, to be honest. Uh, He brought so many players into action. He led from the front. He knows how to lead a press. He can drop deeper. Uh, he urged everyone on. He looks at like the main man. He's going to score an absolute hatful of goals. Nearly set up Martinelli for one inside three minutes with, with some incredible play. So I think it is definitely fair to say that he is our saviour. He looks a different beast than he did 
at City, to be honest. He looks so much happier. He looks so much more purposeful. Uh, he looks like he's been just been been unleashed essentially. So um yeah, I can't I can't wait. Uh, and we'll come on to it, but I also love Eddie's cameo when he came on at the end as well. I think he's been inspired by Gabby Jesus. So all round positivity around Jesus. What what a player we've got. And for that price, wow, wow. We we were talking about 68, 70 million for Vlavic unproven in the Premier League adaptation yeah this guy for 20 30 million less is proven he's going to guarantee it I think he's there's 20 goals coming here no doubt Johnny the performance was uh was exciting what excited you the most about what Gabriel uh Jesus brought to the side today and how many goals do you think he can score this season um <clears throat> look Outside of Saliba, the, the fact is, is you know, and I was a bit more assured that I thought that he was going to deliver anyway, Saliba. Gabriel Jesus, I was hopeful for, but I wanted to see it in the first... I know I've, we've seen him in the Premier League, but I wanted to see him do it for Arsenal, look scary, look like he was made to be there. And I, that's what I was hoping for. And he delivered without a question about it. Like, he... He really, really looks like he clicks in to the system that Arteta wants to play... One of the things that you've often brought up, Pete, is the comparison with Luis Suarez. That seems to be the, you know, you're hunkering down on that position. And I personally, I don't think it's crazy by any stretch, but I, I think there's a more obvious comparison, and that is Kun Aguero. Obviously, he played with him at City. And nice. when you're talking about, like, you know, th- there's a logical path, if you like, for that comparison in the sense that in his formative years, the kind of age that Saliba is now, um, Jesus moved in at City and was directly behind Aguero, and he watched Aguero in his absolute pomp, and he saw the you know the ability that Aguero had to turn in such tight spaces, you know, and be clinical. And what I saw today, um, which really mirrored that, was his ability to take the ball. It, first of all, people that thought that Jesus was some like small diminutive player, you, you're on another planet. He's not. He's an absolute rock. He's really solid. He's, you know, you don't have to be a physically imposing, you know, uh, character, the likes of a Vlajevic, to actually be strong. There are many strong centre forwards who are actually, you know, not not breaking six foot. But you you run into them, they don't move because they're absolutely, you know, core strength, just prime beasts because they have to be. That's what their whole game revolves around. And Jesus had that on show today. When the ball went into him, he didn't move. There were big defenders hounding him down. You just could not knock him over. But he could turn on an, in, in an absolute fucking phone box. And he's just gigsying past people for fun. It's absolutely insane. And you're thinking, this guy can create goals out of nothing. And Pete obviously queued Matt up with it. But when you look at the comparison to what we had last season in the form of Lacazette in that running, by the end... You know, we were used to the beatings, if you like. We were just going, you know what? Um, Lacquer's trying his best, but we didn't even hope for any more. Like, we were just used to that standard. But when you see a proper striker plugged in on this, you realise that this team can come alive and, you know, they can really inject some flair and and a clinical edge to our play. And when it does, we're, we're terrifying. We look ferocious today. Who out of the Premier League is lined up going, oh, I want to play Arsenal next? There ain't a team. None of them. 
because we looked like we're going to cause a real stink this year. And Jesus is one of the reasons for my, you know, one of the biggest reasons for my optimism. I think he's going to be banging 20. If he avoids injury, it's 20 goals minimum, for, from, in my opinion, because he was creating carnage, not just when other people were creating for him, but the fact that he could create it for himself. Love, uh, love those comments. I, I don't think I don't think Kunaguero though. Kunaguero was not a favourite of Pep Guardiola. He he would score goals, but I don't think he was. Uh, I don't think he had the same work rate that Luis Suarez had. And it, I'll probably go back to what you said about the Newcastle game, Johnny. You were quite uh, enamoured by the what Callum Wilson was doing, occupying defenders. We haven't had a striker that could occupy defenders for a long, long time, you know, maybe Adebay or Robin Van Persie. There was a there was a moment in the second half where Gabby Jesus was in between two defenders. He broke free and he cut uh, Erdegaard in. Erdegaard, you know, she was a scored. bit reticent to shoot. Yeah, Lacazette couldn't do that. Aubameyang couldn't do that. We finally have a striker that occupies defenders. We, we, we were a joke against Palace last year. It's Lacazette running around. He's not fast. He's not particularly strong and he can't finish. Gabby Jesus is the antidote. He's the tonic um, to, to what we've lacked. And I hope that Eddie Nketiah is taking notes in training. I mean, I think Eddie Nketiah occupies um, defenders anyway. You know, we, we don't call him Eddie Kruger for nothing. But I, I thought the, the work rate of Jesus was excellent. I love the way he presses and I love the way that he just gets the system. There's no, there's no need to adapt. As someone said, I don't know whether it was uh, uh, Shatish said that Jesus is coming into the Arsenal team with a PhD from the University of Pep, and it showed. He knows he knows where to be. He doesn't need to be coached. He's got a great attitude. He's got that sort of winnativity, and the goals are definitely going to come. Thought he was really unlucky to a uh, not get a goal today, and b not get an assist because he put you know he put some players into some great positions. So I think we've got an absolute win there. Um, there are so many good things to talk about today. Um, okay, let, let's go next. Aaron Ramsdale. Uh, not enough has been said about the Ramsdalians because they've been a little bit quiet in the second half of the year. Um, there were concerns over Aaron Ramsdale. Uh, he let in a few easy shots towards the end of last uh, last season. Let in a couple of easy goals during preseason. Uh, started the game a, a little bit shaky. Made uh, made some bad passes. Almost a little bit too ambitious. But the guy came. The guy showed up with some big saves today. Some big, big saves that he was making in the first half of last season. Uh, Johnny, I'm going to go to you on this one. Um, as you were a Ramsdalian, um, is your love for Ramsdale um, hitting peak levels again after that performance? Was he in the running for a man of the match performance today? What did you think of his game? Well, first of all, um, if we are going to talk Ramsdales and start giving them the appreciation they deserve, shout out to big man Ramsdale, Aaron Ramsdale's dad, who's rocking a koofy uh, in the All or Nothing documentary, just showing that English guys can rock African attire and pull it off. You know, look at Pete. Look at Pete. He's trying He's trying out there. You know what I mean? The Sheik is out here. What's going on? We could do it. Let's go. Um, so shout out to Aaron Ramsdale's dad. I love that. Nice touch. Um, but when it comes to his performance, I thought that he absolutely did very well in terms of um, how he ended the game. And by all rights, a lot of people would say that he kept us in the game because with some of those big saves, they were momentum savers. 
Like, if those goals went in, I'm thinking when Eze came through one-on-one with him, he stood up, made a very big save. That's the kind of goal that usually goes in against Arsenal and suddenly momentum is snatched away from us and it just plays out completely differently. So it was a massive save. I do think that if we're being realistic, we need to temper expectations a little bit because it wasn't all great from Ramsdale. (laughs) There were certain things in the first half I was really once again worried by in terms of his ability on the ball. I know that when you've got a keeper that is so comfortable on the ball, inevitably, because they're good on the ball, they will sometimes take chances and that will backfire. But it's kind of happened if you merge in with the form last season. It's happened a little bit too much in recent times for my liking. And I want to see him get back to being very, very, you know, safe on the ball and, and, and instilling that confidence in the fans. Because guess what? The fans reflect what the players are feeling as well. And even though it currently looks like nothing can scare Bill Saliba, even if a grizzly bear was running at him, he would still stand up to him and go, I fancy doing you in a 50-50. We don't want to have to put him and Gabriel in that kind of uh, position. And Ramsdale, because he is in such a key position, if you start you know, fluffing your lines at the back, you're creating immediate panic because so often if a goalkeeper fucks up, it's a goal. That's how it works. And for a team that looks so assured in so many areas of the pitch now, we just need Ramsdale to level off that consistency, you know, and I think we're going to be really robust this year. Obviously, what he did show, though, is he's got that big save temperament. When those defenders, when those attackers get big chances against him, it's not just, oh, that's a goal. He he can launch into game-winning saves, and he produced a couple today, I thought. He ended his last 60 minutes were superb. So well done, Aaron, and let's keep that form going. Back Andelli, you had some concerns last season about certain players getting big numbers on the back of their shirt. Um Aaron Ramsdale got the number one with Burnt Leno exiting. Do you think the performance today merited the number one shirt, or do you have some concerns that the Ramsdalians might be under pressure this season? You know, I was a bit worried about him uh, at the end of last season because, you know, we'd all been crowing, um, just watching All or Nothing. Uh, it was a reminder after he made that world-class save at Leicester. We were saying, you know, we've got the best goalkeeper in the league. We were being typical Arsenal fans in many ways and yep. really going completely overboard. And then he he struggled. His, his save rate was well below where it should have been in the back half of the season. So So I was worried. But you know what? I think it was one of the benefits of All or Nothing is that we really got an insight into him, his character, the way he approaches games. You saw how desperate he is to keep clean sheets. It's very easy to see that relaxed, jovial, almost like clown-like, high-energy nature of his as being someone who doesn't take it that seriously. But I think one of the things that came out of All or Nothing was we saw just how seriously he does take it and he treasures those clean sheets. And I was thinking about him when we were 15 minutes to go, thinking, you know, how desperate he would be to keep that clean sheet. So I'm delighted that he got it. I think we got the insight that we have into his temperament means that we don't need to worry about complacency. I think he wants to create a legacy at Arsenal and he's got all the conditions that he needs to do that. I thought that save just before half time from the header uh where it got squared across i think from zaha i can't remember who it was but i mean that was a guaranteed goal 
and that's suddenly a 43rd minute equaliser and you go in and Arsenal lose 2-1 in the second half. We've seen that. We've seen that movie a million times where instead he kept it out and he saved it and he did a brilliant job. Now, could he's not David Seaman, you know, David Seaman was, yes. was, was so good at positioning that he didn't even dive to make saves. He used to mock people. He used to dive because he said there's no need because the positioning should have allowed you to just catch it. He was not one for punching. He just, he was, he was, you know, he was safe hands personified. Aaron Ramsdale isn't that player. And I don't think that trying to get him to be that player is going to be uh, the right way to go. I think he's, he is more risky. He, he's, he's a modern goalkeeper. He's brilliant with his feet. He's brilliant at, at distribution. He will make mistakes, but what you hope is that the positives outweigh the negatives, that he can be an attacking force and can create. If he creates five goals and concedes one by a mistake from a pass that goes awry, that's a net positive for Arsenal. So I don't want, I don't want him to change who he is. I want him to keep, keep, keep being his. Ideally, he's not going to make any mistakes. There was one sort of misstep in the first half where the ball got a ricochet, could have gone anywhere. So the Ramsdalians are back. Um, I thought it was, Great for him to get a clean sheet in the first away game of the season. That will do wonders for his confidence. So, um, yeah, all all bright and positive. I had some friends who were messaging who were there at Soho's Park. They said they saw uh, the Ramsdale parents there, as you'd expect, in the away end. Uh, so that. That, was, that was good. Those guys are going to be Arsenal, Arsenal royalty this season, and deservedly so. So... Uh, yeah, onwards and upwards. First clean sheet of the season. Let's see how many you can get. I'm aiming for. I want twenty clean, twenty clean sheets from Ramsdale this season. Yeah, I I thought the that performance today had a little bit of everything. And Aaron Ramsdale's a confidence player, and sometimes he puts himself under pressure because he attempts passes that are a little bit too ambitious, and when they fail, he kind of like rustles his own ruffles his own feathers. And uh, I thought he put us under pressure a little bit at certain times. But listen, he stepped up. Crystal Palace had two or three big chances and he made two or three big saves today. And Aaron Ramsdale, for the first 60% of last season, was the guy that was making big saves. And towards the end of the season, he wasn't making those anymore. Uh, so I think you'll take a lot of confidence from this. I loved uh, the all or nothing sass. He was like, do you want to come and do what I can do? Because you can't do it. And I love I love that sort of bravado. And uh, I think he can be one of the best goalkeepers in the world, not just the Premier League. I think he's got it all in the locker. I think if he was, uh, you know, if he was Ramsdinho, people would be paying a little bit more attention. But because he's from Sheffield, he doesn't get the same love. But uh, I think he's a future England number one. I think he can be as good as David Seaman. There are a few things that he's got to work on, but you know, you're a professional athlete. You're only 23 years old, and you're Arsenal's number one. I think, um, I think he kept us in the game. And you know, before Ramsdale, I can't remember that. You know, it was Lehman. Lehman was the last goalkeeper that would win you points. For me, Ramsdale won us points today. At least two points came from uh, his saves, and that's what got us excited last season. I'm glad he started off well. Now let's see if we can get four more clean sheets uh, in August. And there's no reason that we that we shouldn't be able to, because we were limiting Palace, and, and, and you know 
So I'm um, I'm excited by him. Uh, glad to see his back. Glad to see his parents are uh, uh, celebrities off the back of uh, of that all or nothing. All right, we are going to jump into uh, another topic. Uh, let's just have a look. Like we can just have a quick moan on this one. Uh, Sa and Jacker do exactly the same thing within the same passage of play. Uh, ref waves waves on for one player. Granite Jacker gets a book in almost immediately. Same player dives in the second half. Still no booking. Are we still living in a world where Granite Jacker has done something absolutely hideous? Uh, the Referees Association corporate dinner, and he just gets booked for reasons unknown. What happened here? Uh, am I just being an Arsenal fan here, or is it? Does it seem a little bit unfair that Jacker gets different treatment to everybody else? Um, I definitely think that. You know, at this stage, there's just simply too many occurrences that have happened now that suggest to me that Jacker is, at the very least, getting treated more harshly than other players. He is. Um, and, the you know, the name travels further than the face, clearly, with this one. And they know when they've got Arsenal, the refs, I mean, they know that Xhaka's going to be playing. And quite frankly, they're looking for him. They're looking for him to do something. They're, they're ready to give red cards for, you know, um, situations that don't necessarily deserve it. And this is historically, I'm talking, or yellow cards. Um, you know, and, and and the thing is, is I, I just, at this stage, it's quite clear. And, I, and I've, I've heard other people mention this in the past. I think you have, Pete, where sometimes what you want the manager to do in these situations is to come out and verbalise this and say, listen, I've got a player who's getting a raw end of the deal to put it in referees' minds because the fact is, is it's just the same as when, you know, you've got a player that's getting kicked a lot. The likes of Hazard, they used to do it all the time at Chelsea and they put it out there, they externalise it into like the public narrative so that the referees go in with that burning, a, a, you know, a hole in their brain. And I think we need to go, come out now and say, you know, make it a public point when Arteta speaks next and say, look, I think Xhaka gets a really hard deal from the rest. And and wait to see if they... Because a lot of these situations, they're marginal calls. But the problem is, is the marginal calls always tend to go against Xhaka. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's enough evidence now, if you like, to justify feeling a little hard done by with him. Um, of course, he can sometimes be his own worst enemy, but it's not just that anymore. I think they've created a narrative for him and the referees are enacting on that and they're reffing him like it. So, you know, I think I think Arteta should seize the day with this one and come out and and name it in the press. Agree. So, uh, Matt, what do you think? I don't think it's really worthy of that much conversation, to be honest. Um, no one cares. Get on with it, is sort of my mentality when it comes to these things. Um, I don't think when Arsenal are at their most successful. We're whinging and moaning, frankly. I think we deal with what we've got to deal with on the pitch. And I think when you think about Vieira and Henri and the Invincibles, loads of, loads of shit happened all over the pitch with them. And you know what they do? If it was Danny Mills, they'd go and... If he was cheating all game, what Henri would do, he'd go and nutmeg him and bang one in. Vieira, take matters into his own hands. You know, that's the arsenal that I want to get back to. Not moaning or complaining... If Shaka doesn't get what he wants, go and bang one in from 30 yards. Go in on someone and win the ball cleanly. 
So I've got. I just really think that one of one of the worst things about Arsenal in the banter years has been this victim culture. So, you know, I just want us to get on with it and start and keep winning football matches because we don't need to be talking about it because we won the game. We got and, the and three I, points. Matt, I do agree with that. I get where you're coming from on it, but the problem is we can't pretend like historically, even in our pomp, you know, invincible era. Every now and then, there were players that would get targeted. And it's similar to the kind of Roy Keane, Vieira battles and stuff, where you've got someone like Reyes who was getting kicked and kicked and kicked. And and at, at some point, it stops becoming a, oh, you don't want to moan about it. And you have to stand up and say, no, we're not fucking having it. We're not having it off you guys. And Wenger was a master at it in his, at his peak. He used to use the press, like as in the, the printed press, to generate narratives that would, you know, help his help his team. He would be he would he wasn't just coming out here speaking nonsense for fun. He would say things in pointed ways to get results that he wanted. And I just think it can't hurt to come out there and and you know call a spade a spade. We've got a player who's being targeted by referees and just put it out there so everyone knows that we we're aware of it and we don't really want it to keep going on. And um you know, it's not an excuse for us to start losing. But the facts of the matter are, in another game, he could be sent off. And that could cost us quite severely, you know, if we are going to want to achieve the goals that we're aiming for this year. So there's nothing wrong with... It. I don't think we're full-on whinge bags if at some point we just say, can you just stop fucking booking Xhaka <laughs> for stuff that other people do? Do you know what I mean? That's that. Those are my thoughts on it anyway. Agree. We, we just had a, a common, I think it's pronounced the Diagon. Palace had 11 fouls. We had six. We had two cards. They had none. Just sums it up. Sums it up. But we got, I thought the refereeing was pretty good today. I thought there were some of those rogue well, handballs other mean, referees could have given. So that Gabriel that handball one. could easily, easily be in a penalty to Palace. You've seen that given a million times, yeah, haven't totally. you? The, what, the one that dropped the, the one that, the one that just dropped in. Yeah. I was, I, I mean, I saw the replay and I, it's not, in my opinion, uh, intentional. But if that goes to VAR, it's a pen. Um, I don't know if it did or it didn't, but no. like, not, like last season that was going to a pen. So I was relieved that common sense says it's not a penalty. But yeah, I was I was worried when I saw it. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they... Um, I think it did go to VAR and it just didn't... Like as in VAR said, there's nothing to see here. Ultimately, it was coming in a place where... He simply couldn't see it, and his arms weren't like wildly away from his body. They were slightly away, but it dropped out of the air. No, so... I think it was, it was absolutely the right decision. But you've just seen some of those. Yeah, some of that. I think we went through a phase last year where everything's getting given at some point, and it sort of culminated in the Martinelli disallowed goal. I think it was against Brighton or Villa. You know, at home when they basically were looking for proof that it was a goal rather than wasn't a goal. It was <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. So hopefully that's a sign that this season things is, is going to be a bit of a return to normality because it was it was bonkers. And and there were there was a lot of chatter on the Sky Sports commentary with um you know uh, Jamie uh, Jamie Carragher uh, talking about the fact that the refs have have been given a clear instruction to be a lot more liberal with you know their stopping breaking up of the play, little fouls are just going to get waved on now because 
it's interesting. They were talking about these are decisions made from on high, and the Premier the Premier League want their brand of football to maintain its high intensity, quick pace, and they just don't want the constant interruptions into the game. And so, you know, not only do I think the referee pretty much outside of the Jacko Yellow a refereed like that. But also, I think you're going to see a lot less of those penalties that you were talking about we used to see, Matt, where VAR just gives it all the time. Because now, I just don't... I think they're going to be operating very light-touch refereeing this year. And hopefully, that um, benefits us this year. Agree with all of that. We do need a correction. Crystal Palace did get one yellow card. Um, Evan Fox in the YouTube comments. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't clicked the subscribe button, what is going on? Click that right now. Smash the subscribe button. Smash Smash that subscribe button. Uh, Evan Fox said, uh, Ben White made eight successful tackles against Crystal Palace, the most by an Arsenal player in a single Premier League game since 2016-17 when we were pretty rubbish at defending. So you can guess where I'm going. Benny Blanco. Blanco? Uh, Benny Benny Blanco. uh, uh, Blanco, uh, right back. We're a little bit concerned about this before the start of the game. It was immediately clear that Patrick Vieira was targeting uh, Ben White at right back. What do we think about the performance, Matt Candela? Um, I know that when you were 22, you used to look like Ben White. Big tan, short hair, absolute nightmare in Ibiza, Ayanapa and Cavos. <laughs> um, he's, your, he's your soul animal or whatever you call it. Uh, what did you think of Ben White at right back? Should we keep him there next game? Well, I think if Tommy Yasu's fit, um, fully fit, I think we need to. I don't. Well, I think Ben White starts next game regardless. I think I was interested again on All or Nothing to hear them talking about Tommy Yasu's calf <laughs> when he first arrived. It was like, oh fucking hell, this has been a problem for a while, isn't it? Um, but he's clearly got an issue. We've got to bring him back slowly. Give him thirty minutes. Give him twenty minutes. Give him thirty minutes. Give him a half. So, so Benny Blanco is not going anywhere for the next five games. And then maybe we think about Tomiyasu for for a game like Man United in five games' time, or, or yeah, in four games' time. Um, but I thought he was outstanding. Uh, I thought he was rock solid. What a relief to not have to think about it. Cedric and Bellerin. I mean, I was always a big Hector fan, but again, it shows how how accustomed you become to mediocrity, you know. And and I'm just I thought Benny Benny was rock solid. We don't need our right back to be marauding forward. We've got enough tactical dexterity to have other players doing that job. We just need him to stop people getting past him and knocking in great crosses that people can score from. And I thought he did that brilliantly. He was up against Zaha at home. That's one of the trickiest opponents you can find. Zaha, he's he's a nightmare to play against unless you're a really, really strong player. So to be out of position to deliver. He didn't look at a position. He really didn't. And I think the system worked really well. So I think a few of us, you know, we, we, we were sort of thinking that it was going to be a bit of a, uh, he, he was going to have to make do. It doesn't look like he's making do. It looks like he could genuinely play right back to the highest possible standard. So really good news for us. And I like having all that height there. You know, you look at us defending set pieces, got a tall, Tall team now. We were we were midgets for years, and now we're we've got that height. You know, Saliba, White, Gabriel, Party, Xhaka, 
Martinelli, that they're all tall. Even even Smith Rowe when he's back six foot plus. So wonderful to see. Johnny, you're a man from Essex like me. You either know a guy like Ben White, who you hate, or Ben White is one of your best mates. I don't know where you land on this subject, um, but what did you think of the performance today? And is Ben White a viable backup right back for the rest of the season if he can hand, handle the mighty Wilfred Zaha? Um, absolutely. I know guys like Ben White. Of course I do. You know, And he's probably got some proverb tattooed on his back at some, you know, somewhere there, like, you know, love those around you and you'll never be alone or something like that. You're deep, Ben. Right, he's got something like that there, you know. And I'm not going to mock him because the fact is, is he was, he was, he was fantastic today. And of course we were like, it's one of the biggest tests that he could have faced today. I thought Matt explained that really well in Zaha at Selhurst Park. But for me, I think it's, first of all, let, let's give Ben White his flowers. He's fully deserving of them. I thought it's great. But I think it's more instructive of the fact that at this stage, now Saliba's here, Arteta looks at Ben White and goes, I'm not messing around with Cedric anymore. I'm not doing it, okay? If Ben White's, play, if ben White's fit and all my defenders are fit, Ben White's going in there because I will sacrifice having maybe a little bit more going forward for the benefit of having that solidity at the back and that ability to, you know, I'd, I'm going to let my attacking players go out and win me the game and I'm going to ask my defenders to just not fucking lose it, you know, and I thought Ben White encapsulated, don't fucking lose it really well. So um, I thought he stood up so, so well to um, the task that was set out in front of him. He definitely should be playing right back in the next game without question. I don't know how it goes long term, but the reality is, is um, I think he, for me, I think Saliba is our first choice centre half already. I'm going to just say it like that. I, I, I really oh, there's do. A shock. There's and a I, shock. I do. I think he is. But at the fact, the fact is, is what a wonderful position we're in. Whereas, where I'm, I'm sitting here thinking we've got three top class centre half, um, you know, players. Who, who can all play there. But Ben White being able to fill in like this, I, I would feel a little bit unsure about the prospect of Ben White being a long-term solution at right back. But at this stage, we're not there. And I'm very confident about him filling in there for three or four games as long as Tommy Asu gets his shit together and starts getting on that pitch because we know what a good player he is as well. Um, and and if, he, if if he turns up and starts putting in those shifts like Ben White to, did today, I think we're going to be solid all season. Love that. I think I know Ben White. I think the we met in Cavos. Uh, I challenged him for a girl in a bar and he gave me an open cuff and sent me packing like a little bitch. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's how I know. That's how I know Ben White. And I thought he sent Zaha packing today. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I think Zaha is one of the most problematic wingers that Arsenal face over the years. He always has a great game. Like, it, talk about occupying defenders. That is Zaha. Um, he's relentless. He's aggressive. He's a bit of a dickhead. Um, and he can finish and he can assist. Anybody that can get 14 goals for a, or whatever it was, 10th place Palace um, is a top, top player. And if Arsenal had picked up Wilfred Zaha this summer, I would have been very happy as him as a, a backup for, for Saka. Um, 
but I thought Ben White did a really, really good job, and I don't think he's going to have a harder job um, for at least the next two months. I'm glad that we've got a solution outside Cedric. Cedric looks like an absolute banter bro at Arsenal. He's at the centre of all of our pitches. It looks like he's good for team spirit. But for me, he's got to be sitting back like Rob Holding this season. He's not good enough at the highest level. He's on massive wages, and that's the reason that he can't get a loan. But Ben White did a really, really good job today. And I also like the professionalism. You know, Ben White is first choice centre-back for Arsenal at the moment. Based on everything that went last season, Ben White would have started the, the Crystal Palace game today. And he got shunted out to right back, dealt with it well, thought he had a really great relationship um, with William Saliba. And Ben White's played there for the last, you know, what, last three games now. And I think he's, uh, I think he's done a great job. And it's just nice to have that flexibility that you've got a centre-back that can just drop in. And I'm with Matt. I thought that he looked like he could play as a right-back to the very highest level. He can carry the ball. He's got a good final ball. He can pick crosses out, like he can invert. He's good in the air. Like he's got everything to be a, a world-class right-back. So I thought that was really promising. And let's be real, uh, Tommy Asu has got a calf problem that will probably you know, pop up again in the same way that we know Kieran Tierney is a top player, but we know he's going to be injured a lot. So it's great to have those options in defence. So good game, Benny Blanco. Um, we, uh, we approve. Okay, uh, let's talk about um okay well i think we've i think we've covered off quite a lot today um i've done the topics before now um or oh, one second just before because we do sometimes have to advertise things here uh if you're watching this and i know there are a lot of you in the room at the moment we do have a patreon yeah uh, we have a patreon.com i didn't mean to cover johnny's head that's just no. the, the, the nature of the slideshow but look at johnny in that shirt look at how elite he is Tricky. if you sign up to patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal opinion, you will feel as good as Johnny looks in that picture. And that... Do you know what, guys? Look, we, we need financial support because we're paying our models so much because they are absolute world-class models. I mean, obviously, this guy's straight out of Calvin Klein, isn't he? You know, we can't see his face, but he probably looks really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. And obviously, he looks like he works out athletic build. Athletic, that, you? Uh, great skin, great hair. <laughs> Sign up to the Arsenal opinion, and you will feel that way as well. Um, <laughs> let's get into. Uh, let's just look at the table. Arsenal top of the table. <laughs> I love that. Two, look at that. Two, two Bournemouth breathing down our necks though, because <laughs> their name starts with B. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, just still, give a bit of credit to league. Dear Future, the agency that helped design this slide. Thank you, Dear Future, Matt Candela's design agency. If you've got marketing needs, if you are a top CEO of a Fortune 500 company, please get in touch with Dear Future. Um, but we're, we're top of the league. There's nothing else to say, but it'd be interesting if uh, teams around us drop points at the weekend. I know Chelsea have got a pretty difficult run over the next six weeks, so that's very exciting. Um, so we've got, uh, I think we've spoken about, uh, quite a lot, but we do have this new section. It's called the AOP AOB. If you're not familiar with the email jargon, that is AOB or an agenda item. You put it at the end of an agenda item. If you're big into the email scene and setting up meetings, AOB <laughs> is any other business. And sometimes I don't get all of the topics, right? So we get to the end of the show and we're going to do two things. Firstly, I'm going to ask Johnny and Matt. Do you have any other business? And if there is any other business to the people that are watching the show, you can say what the bits that we missed and we can talk about them. So um, Johnny Cochran, 
your any other business cannot be William Saliba. No, that is no. that is banned. But is, is there anything that we've missed today? Is there anything that we need to pick up on? Yeah, there's a couple of things. So, number one, I'm going to reiterate the uh, free questions, which I think can be a bit of a returning feature as well. I said on the at the end of the Patreon podcast yesterday, free questions for you guys, which are I want to know your. Um, predictions for player of the season for Arsenal, top scorer and dark horse kind of player, you know, someone who's going to have a massive season no one's talking about. Um, To quickly go through it, I believe my ones were Saka player of the season, Um, uh, no, Jesus player, Jesus top scorer, Saliba player of the season and um, dark horse Martinelli. Uh, You had Jesus, what was yours, Pete? Uh, top scorer, Jesus. There you go. Right, either way. Um, for anyone who's watching, those three questions, if you can answer them in the comments, if you're watching on YouTube or whatever, I want your answers to that. Top sc- Your person who you think is going to be top scorer, I want to know who you think is going to be our player of the season and your, your nomination for dark horse player who's going to be a little standout. And the final point I want to make in any other business is about all or nothing. And that is because I think that you always bring it up. You guys, you're branding experts. You, you can feel you've, you've got, you know, you're, you're very sensitive to that world. And I also think that you know how, when you think about this young project that we've got at Arsenal, you've been talking about it for a long time and, and the fact that it's going to be a great pull for, you know, European prodigies that are going to be looking at it and going, Where am I, where's best for me to flourish? Well, I actually think that the all or nothing thing really plays into that. Because I'm also quite a big F1 fan, and I've realised, and I've and I've watched at how big Drive to Survive has made Formula One, which was already a global sport, but it's made somewhat household names of uh, of people who aren't actually fans of the sport. But the likes of Daniel Ricciardo, for instance, who suddenly now people know, even if they don't watch all the races, they know who he is. And I think that all or nothing is going to be a way of making some of these guys like real superstars. Our stars are going to become superstars. The like of Saka, the likes of Saka, Martinelli, they're very likeable guys. Erdegaard, very cool, calm and likeable as well. And obviously Saliba weren't there, but we know about him. Ramsdale, very likeable. And I think that we're going to end up growing our fan base and the people that are just interested in Arsenal because there are going to be the personalities of this great club are starting to be on full show for everyone to see. And I think a whole love affair with a new generation of Arsenal players is brewing. And I just wanted to bring that up as a kind of talking point because overall, I think that all or nothing is going to spread the excitement of our new project far and wide. And we're going to have a lot of people, you know, picking up the antennas, basically. Matt, you are a branding expert. You have a branding agency. You create brands out of nothing. You deliver value to the shareholders' (laughs) pockets. Don't tell Johnny he's a socialist. (laughs) <laughs> uh, talk to us about uh, give us a little bit of a rundown of what you think the All or Nothing is going to do for the Arsenal brand um, I might disagree a little bit I mean I love it um, I do think the way Arsenal uh, All or Nothing I said the Arsenal opinion the way All or Nothing is created I feel like it's way more relevant to Arsenal fans than anyone else so I think it's it's a I think for we have just hit the jackpot. We get to see our heroes up close and personal and really uncover what they're all about. I don't know if I'm a Chelsea fan or a Tottenham fan 
or even just a football fan in general, whether I feel as passionate about it, I'd, I'd, I'd have to talk to some of those people and find out. But for me, the benefit of it is that um, I just feel more and more connected and you get to know the players and see what they're like. And for me, the most interesting piece that came out of it was empathy. You know, hearing about Smith Rowe's shyness and Nuno's inability to 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 open up and confide and the way he felt about maybe not being as loved as Kieran Tierney and all of these things I thought was a real eye-opener because we think that we put these players on a pedestal um but but yeah I think I think this it, there's a lot of interesting points there but I've got a couple of points on the AOB actually the first yeah. one is I think it from 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 watching TV it sounded like we've got another probably the biggest Arsenal anthem for the season. And it was for a certain uh, chap called Zinchenko. Uh, you are gold. Always believe in Zinchenko. Uh, I mean, what more could anyone want? That is going to be booming out absolutely all season. So to have that one cracked on day one of the season, that is... I mean, it's epic. If status quo got all the all the all the noise last year, that one isn't going to stop. Matt, what did you think of Zinchenko's performance? People are asking. I thought it was good. Uh, I thought he was solid. I thought um, I thought he's definitely very good going forward. Nothing we didn't know there, and really, he was playing centre mid at times today. It was it was super fluid. But at the end, when you needed it to shore up, and we were sneaky, I thought Kieran Tierney came on and did really well and one of the things I'm most excited about is people we're so quick to write off players we're, we're so we right off who are we writing off Tierney Tommy Yasu Smith Rowe and Ketia because they're not at the front of our mind and there's a there's there's something shinier there's a shinier object or a new signing ahead of us do not write off those players and on the subject of not writing off any players who came on bagged the assist Eddie and Ketia Really good play there today. Got the assist. Eddie Nketiah is a and, top, top, top talent. And if that Eddie was Kruger. if that was a new signing coming off the bench, steadying the ship, he got one assist, could have got two, should have had two. You know, you've got to be really, really impressed with the way. To, one of the criticisms is around, was around the impact of our substitutes last season. So I was delighted to see Tierney and Nketiah Lekonga, even in a few games, playing a really mature, drawing some fouls, slowing the game down, uh, delivering against instructions. It's going to be as uh, as as quasi Ampensa Abedi said. It's a hundred percent a squad game, and uh, yeah, I, I was I was excited to see those guys step up. Wait, make no mistake, Zinchenko is not going to be starting every game at left back. Ben White is not going to be starting every game at right back. And Ketia is going to bang goals this season. Agree with that. Um, my my any other business is uh, it could it could have been that the away fans were fucking unbelievable again. They're always unbelievable. I thought it was quite funny. Um, there's a in I'm in America uh, with the MLS. They do tifos for like a big statement for like the supporter section before a game and English fans are starting to do it. Arsenal did their first TIFO with like the sort of Arsenal chance crew at the end of last season. 
Crystal Palace did a TIFO and Arsenal fans were like, what the fucking hell is that? I thought that was quite a Yadar moment. We don't want TIFOs in uh, the English Premier League. Um, I think the fans are going to be incredibly important this season. They were the 12th man last season. They're going to be the 12th man this this year. And we're not starting off uh, under a, a cloud of misery. We started off well. The hope on that athletic uh, hope chart has been delivered on. But I think... Um, I think my any other business is let's talk about what the next game is. It's Leicester City. Uh, Leicester City were the absolute darlings of uh, summer football Twitter a couple of seasons ago. They were better run than Arsenal. Well, it seems like they're in a little bit of debt at the moment. They haven't done a lot of transfer business. They've lost their goalkeeper. James Madison might be out the door. Fofana might be out the door. And Tiedemans might be exiting as well, which means they are going to be a problem for Arsenal. Um Brendan Rodgers was lucky to keep his job last season. Um, I think he's probably the best manager that Leicester can get at the moment, but they are quite ruthless. Um, their first game uh, is at home against Brentford, and then they uh, they come to Arsenal for our first home game of the season, which Matt Candela, I believe you're going to. Um, I think it's got to be three points. Uh, I think that they are probably a little bit dishevelled at the moment, but they are a dangerous side, and they have beaten us in the past, but we need to do a job on Brendan Rodgers because um, we're not going to get them uh, a weaker state where they haven't got all of their players in, where they don't know who's staying and they don't know who's going. Um, so I do think my only other business is like, don't do the hard work away at Crystal Palace and then get a draw at home to Leicester. That needs to be three points. Leicester are not the team they were a few seasons ago and they certainly won't be by the end of the transfer window. So that's my only other business. Uh, nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Um, one other little bit to squeeze in AOB because we are wrapping up now, obviously. Um, I remember one of the community, shout out to everyone who's in the Arsenal Opinion community. Um, we love you all. But someone set up a little FPL, Fantasy League. And um, if you can, share the code for that league because there's people who want to get in Fantasy uh, Fantasy League this year. They're probably got the, they're dreaming like we all are as Arsenal fans that they're going to win their little mini leagues and whatnot. Well, join the La Grove Fantasy League um, this year. Whoever has set it up and has the code, post it in the Twitter community post. That'll that'll do, and that'll get out to everyone and join, because I'm in it. And I've, I'm starting to believe that I might be able to do something this year. I've built my team around Saliba, Saka, and Jesus. So guess what? I'm feeling confident. Love it. All right. Um, so this is the end of the show. Uh, want to say a few thank yous. Firstly, thank you to Matt Candela and his design agency, Dear Future. The new design looks so slick. Rude. It looks really, really good. Um, we appreciate that. We're going to do a little bit of merch because it looks so good. Um, so thank you to his design agency. Type Dear Future into the internet and you'll see all the amazing work that he does. Big thank you to everybody that is on the show right now. Hit subscribe. For God's sake, you want to know when we're coming on? We're a little bit disheveled when it comes to organization. Um, but we are going to be doing an on the whistle for all the Premier League games this season. Um, big shout out to our Patreon uh, folk. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of you uh, contributing money. It really does help. So if you want to sign up to our Patreon, all the before the whistles, will be exclusive on Patreon. You go to patreon.com, search the Arsenal opinion, and then you pay what you want. 
because we know it's tip, you know tough times at the moment. Um, but your contributions will help, and the content is good. We did ninety minutes yesterday for the Patreon. Johnny will do more raps. We'll get some guests on the show. We're going to get some data people, some scouting people. It's going to be brilliant there. Um, and I think that that's all the thank yous. Johnny Cochran, <laughs> where can people find you on the internet? As always, people, you know it by now. If you don't, then what are you actually doing? I'm at I, Johnny Cochran. Do come and follow me. Um, sometimes I look at how many people watch the podcast and I watch it, how many people who actually want to come over and follow me. And I think, well, they just like watching it. They just don't want to follow me. They don't want to know. I mean, come on, make me feel good. Come over to at I, Johnny Cochran on my socials and come and say hello. Matt Candela, where can they find you on the internet? You've had some banging tweets lately, my friend. You can find me at Matt Candela. Um, I'm super excited about the season. Tweeting away. Should be doing other things, but focusing <laughs> on thinking about Arsenal. And uh, and yeah, we've done two hard 90 minutes inside 24 hours. So feeling a little bit leggy. But, uh, <laughs> we're in the red zone. We're, in the, we're definitely in the red zone. We need to get the masseuse to work on those hamstrings. We don't want to... We want to be match fit for Leicester, but um, thanks everyone for all their support and uh, we'll do our best to uh, to recover. We will. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify or iTunes, there's a little rating button and you can push the five star on Spotify. Just press five star and go on iTunes. Leave us a little review. We love we love the reviews. Make sure you subscribe. We do two podcasts a week, sometimes three. Um, and on that note, I'll say thank you for listening. The first game of the season has been an absolute pleasure. We are top of the league. Uh, and on that note, I will say ciao for now. I'll try and find the outro music. Here it is. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.